Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. And today we're bringing you information about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And please give us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Lisa Luciano. Luciano. Lisa taught technology, digital literacy as an instructor and library media specialist for 40 years. She was the director of high school and middle school television production studios. Her work earned honors, including a national award for excellence in educational programming. But she discovered her true calling after a challenge from her principal to create a digital literacy course. What she came up with was a groundbreaking three-year program required for all students in her middle school, including special ed and English, English language learners. She also trained the faculty on the use of digital tools and supervised the school's technology lab, in addition to renovating the library and turning it into a, a dynamic digital learning center. She even found time to publish three books, including the Amazon international bestseller, Generation Lost, learning, leveraging, and living lessons for a successful life. But her passion has always been to teach children, teens, how to stay safe online, especially after seeing them fall prey to internet dangers. She now teaches online safety courses to all ages. Thank you for being here. That is an excellent topic of conversation to bring up today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I can't wait to talk to you about this. Exactly. And it's like old home week whenever Lisa and I talked a few minutes, just to kind of get this going is that I was in the technology field in the school system as well. And whenever we started talking about the things that were very similar and what she saw and what she taught and what I saw and what I taught, we're like, you know what, we need to bring this to parents. We need to bring this to families. We need to make sure that they're really paying attention to those online safety issues that are happening with our families and our kids. And we really want to make sure that parents can help their young ones grow and learn in a safe online setting because we know the digital age is here, but let's not let our children fall prey to the things that are out there that are harming them. So right now we want to talk a little bit about maybe a, the first couple minutes about the ages and stages. Just really quick, let's gloss over kind of what the needs are for those young ones, what the needs are for those middle ones, what those needs are for those higher ones. And then of course, we'll branch into other things around this whole digital age. Can you do that for us, Lisa? Absolutely. Uh, it's something that I discovered. I had originally taught middle schoolers and I thought, well, if we can just get them at that age, that's it, they've got the foundation. And then I discovered before and after that is just as important. And I'm hearing from a lot of parents about the young ones. When is it okay for me to put my child on a device? That is an issue simply because unfortunately, what we have done is because kids were so fascinated with our smartphones, mm -hmm. we would hand it and we still do it. We hand it to them, let them play. So they're getting this idea that this is a toy. This is a sense of amusement but we didn't do anything to the phone to protect it. And these little guys, I've seen like toddlers go bing, 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 and they found their favorite cartoons. They figure that out very quickly, but they can also end up almost anywhere. So it's hard to say what age is okay to do that. It's more important, what are you handing them? What are you giving them access to? Whether it's a computer, anything. 
And somebody even said the other day, why don't they have child safe computers? That's a really good question because that would take the burden off the parents because there are safe browsers and different things you can do, but you have to do it yourself. Nobody's gonna help you with this. And most people just don't know where to look because it's overwhelming to go on the internet. Uh, a graphic I used to use with one of my classes was a picture of a fire hydrant with the water spouting out of it. Right. And it's, it's getting information on the internet is like taking a drink from a hydrant because it's overwhelming for even adults to figure it out. So to get back to the original idea, I would say I wouldn't put them on before four or five, honestly. I wouldn't use it in place of a pacifier, which is what we did. Right. It calms them. It keeps them busy. Um, and when you do, make sure that either it's a child safe version. They do have phones, different companies, Bark and a few others have phones and things that you can give them that are safer. Mm -hmm. But even your own phone, because some, here's a tip right now for your audience. What most people don't realize is when you get a device from the factory or a store, it is automatically set by default to open. The social media sites, the privacy settings are all open. You have to close them, which it should be the opposite. Right. But most people don't even realize they're open. I just found out the other day that they discovered and iPhones, by the way, are one of the main predators, nothing against Apple or anything, but right. It, they tend to do this more than anybody, is that they opened up the family sharing. Now, that's supposed to be the thing you put in to say to protect the children. Right. It was open on the financial side. It was letting kids or anybody who got onto that person's phone go into their credit cards and their accounts. Immediately. Nobody knew this. That, so your child could literally pick up your phone and buy something mm -hmm. and until the parent closes it. So that's the first thing is I would say, don't let them have access to anything in your phone. That's why I wouldn't hand them your phone. Right. Give them a substitute for it. Um, also make sure that the littlest ones, because the great thing about them being young and if you start this early enough is you can set the standard, which is no, you're not going on Google. I've had many parents say to me, Google is a nightmare. It is because even with the parental settings, it's not good enough. It's not strong enough. So there are child safe browsers, for example, like DuckDuckGo. Everybody should check that site out. First of all, they don't track anything. So your child is not having their information harvested from them, nor is yours. It works as well as any other site. It's just a silly name because yeah. it was originally invented for children, but you can put almost anybody on it. It looks a lot like Google and the little ones won't know what they're not doing, what they're, what they're missing. Yeah. So if they get used to that early, you can rest a little more safely that they're not going to get into anything really bad. Right. But then you've got to watch things like, can they get to YouTube? There's a child version of YouTube. Not very good. There's holes in that system. And that's the problem for all the protections. There's still ways around it or alternate versions or whatever it might be. So I would say, if you're going to put them on anything, keep it simple, like a Chromebook or a, a pad. Samsung's got a pad. There's, of course, iPads, something simple where there's not a lot of junk in it already. And then only put the things on the desktop that is okay with you and you checked it out first. I love that. And can so, I add something yeah. in there really quick? Sure. As, you know, as the little ones go, and if they're like watching movies and watching shows, it's always better to do it with them because then you can discuss vocabulary. You can 
discuss the values. Oh, that just happened. That was a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Right. So you're doing it with them and having that time to explore and help them grow as well and deal with what they're seeing or what they're doing. So exactly. And And don't ever. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. With with the kids coming in as babies, seeing this technology, you know, we're Gen Xers. We we were here before Google. We were here before the internet. We were here before cell phones. I remember the first cell phones were these big, huge bricks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it would show people using two hands. It looked like big military walkie-talkie things. It did. I had one. (laughs) Before that, we understand what that is like before that. Mm -hmm. But these children are coming in with these sophisticated, amazing devices. And I I have seen a a five-year-old play like this high-level game that has like so many different controls. And I couldn't figure it out how to play that game. But just by exploring she figured out how to play the game and did really well and got to a super high level Mm -hmm. just by figuring out the phone so these kids are going to know more than the parents about how to circumvent how to get around the security because these things are tools that they were born with and us we had to learn them later so there is that as well that's why those expectations and say hey i'm trying to keep you safe this is the rules of our house immediately yeah, yeah, they're going to be able to get around it. So yeah. creating that that kind of responsibility and, and knowledge yeah. at the same time yeah. is really incredibly right. helpful. So jumping to that kind of next age range, that early yeah. elementary school, beginning middle school, what kind of things? Yeah, that's where they can still be guided and structured to some extent. Um, when you get closer to like eighth grade, game over <laughs> because right. they think they're more mature than they are. But again, if you get them early enough, you can graduate what you offer them or allow them. And I'm hearing from parents, which astounds me, and I'm so proud of them that they were able to do this. Some of them are now not giving their child a phone until they're in high school and no social media even then in some cases. It can oh. be done. And if you can do it, but once the uh, genie is out of the bottle, you're not going to be able to take it from them. Then they're just going to go, as you said, go behind your back, go around it somehow. And they're very good at that. They're not very good at keeping themselves safe because they don't see the danger. But with the middle schoolers, I would say sixth grade is the most um, malleable time because they know enough. They understand the language. They can understand the instructions and uh, rules and things you would set. Um, They can work a little bit independently, but there is that curiosity. And if they have older siblings, that's another issue to consider. They're going to see what the siblings are doing, and then they're going to try to jump into that as well. And if they're under 13, they're not supposed to be on social media anyway, although it's a don't ask, don't tell situation. There's even a law that prevents information from being taken from a child under the age of 13. They just don't enforce it. Right. So if they don't say what they are, the social media site's not going to ask. And there they are in this adult environment, which is very dangerous. That's what I would start to watch with the middle schoolers is what sites and apps are they going to? And you can check their history. It's not hard to do um, and see. And if you see there's nothing in the history, that means they erased it. And that's a conversation unto itself. You know, right. where we used to have the talk, you know, about the birds and the bees. Now the talk has to be, what are you doing online? Yeah. And I want to be a part of it. Um, and, and you don't want to be it to be confrontational. So at that point, 
you probably can just say to them, look, I'm trying to keep you safe. I'm worried about your future. When I used to, I taught it to sixth, seventh and eighth graders and every grade was able to absorb the concept of if you do this, then this is what's going to happen. Consequences are the biggest deterrent and real life stories. I know some of them are really scary and and upsetting, like like, uh, kids who are hanging themselves doing these online challenges. Right. But they're the younger ones who are doing it because they, first of all, they think they're bulletproof at that age. There's yeah. nothing you can really say to them, convince them, except this really happened. And I don't want to see that happen to you. And let's talk about it. You got to keep that line of communication open. It's so important. Yeah. So middle schoolers, you can still work with them. But the older they get, the more it's going to be, I know how to do this. That's why parents have to educate themselves. So you can have an intelligent conversation and they won't blow you off and say, you don't know anything about this. You yeah. didn't even grow up with this. I did. Again, the diff- there's a big difference. In, and if you say it to the child, there's a difference between, I know you're tech smart, but are you safety smart? That's what I'm worried about. World smart. I have the world experience. Let's share and talk about this. Exactly. Right. You I both have something to bring to the conversation. Yeah, I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, small town America. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember what, like when we first started getting into movies and Superman and stuff first started coming out. Because again, it's like, I remember watching the original Star Wars in theater when it first came out. We're old. It's like, no, we're so, <laughs> so like when Superman came out and people were flying around, it's like, there was a lot of young teenage kids that got hurt jumping off of roofs with tapes and fly. When Underoos first came out and Spider-Man Underoos came out. There were a lot of kids getting hurt, tying themselves and jumping off of things, trying to swing around stuff. It's like, like Spider-Man. It's not new, but this device has so much more destructive potential um, on what to show our kids yeah. than than pretending to be superheroes and doing something stupid like jumping off a roof. Right. And they encourage it. If you yeah. go on TikTok or Facebook, those are the two. I'm not I'm sorry, not Facebook. YouTube. Those two sites alone are responsible for most of these online challenges and those kind of things that kids are trying because they show them the ones that worked, the ones where they didn't get hurt. Right. They're not showing you the odds are you are going to get hurt or worse. So they're glamorizing it, unfortunately. Um, and that middle school age is where they're so likely to start looking at things like that. So that's what I would worry about in the middle school. But they can, they can be spoken to at that point, and and you can set rules. Uh, I just spoke to a parent yesterday, and she said, "I told my daughter, my phone, my rules. Right. I bought that phone. I gave you the Wi-Fi connection. You want to do what you want to do. Go out and get a job and pay for it yourself. Until then, I'm going to do what's right to protect you. And here are my rules. I mean, you can negotiate it. That's you know that's probably a good idea, like right. screen time and all these things." Let them be a part of it, but also say, well, but the bottom line is if I find out you weren't honest with me, if I find you're doing something dangerous, consequences. then all bets are off. Yeah. So that's with middle school, it's kind of the, the maturity level is so dramatically different between a sixth grader and an eighth grader. Oh, yeah. You have to just watch how they're handling it. Some are more mature, some are not. Um, with high school, they're in a danger zone that they don't even realize because they think they can handle pretty much anything, but they're open to scammers because they will answer the phone instead of ignoring a number they don't know. There's so many easy rules that would prevent that. 
they will click on links in text messages and emails. And what is it? It's, it could be malware, which puts a virus into your computer. And that's the nicest thing that can happen. Right. Or they hooked up with somebody or that somebody got information. You went to a fake site. And you didn't even realize it was fake. Um, so th there's a lot that they'll do. And also they're into relationships. Mm -hmm. That gets them in serious trouble with predators. Yeah. The predators know where our kids are. They're on social media. So they go there and that becomes the predator's playground. It's just like a predator who would go to a playground because right. they know children or they'll go near a school. That's where the kids are. And that's what they do on social media. And our kids think that anybody who contacts them is their friend. Thanks to the friend concept of things like Facebook. Right. No, they're strangers. And as long as they allow anonymity, which shouldn't even be legal, mm -hmm. that you can just not give any information about who you are. You can use a screen name. You can fit, use a fake profile. I had a student, a 13-year-old girl, do that. I, I begged my students. I said, don't ever make a fake profile because you're going to attract the wrong people if they think you're different than you are. Yeah. She was 13. She pretended to be 23. She attracted the predator, and they got into it. And what the predator does is they groom them. Right. They teach them how to behave and obey. And also they get so involved in the child's life, they become the thing they want. If they need a, a parent figure, if they need a friend, if they need a boyfriend, a girlfriend, that kind of thing, that's who they become. It's completely fake. And there's a lot of signs that will tell you that this is not a healthy relationship. Right. Um, and then they start to ask them for inappropriate material. And that you know, if our kids don't realize this is not an okay relationship or they don't want to lose the relationship, they use blackmail and say, oh, you don't want me to be your friend? I asked you to do something. You won't do it for me. I'll go play with somebody else. Um, there's all kinds of psychological techniques that they use to grab these kids and pull them into the situation. And before you know it, they're too deep into it. So just to finish what I was saying about that girl, after a while, because she didn't get along with her mom, Mm -hmm. So this guy was saying, let's run away. You don't need your mom. You're old enough. Let's just get together and go. Well, that's when she got scared, fortunately. Yay. And she came to, she went to a friend and they had both taken my course. Mm -hmm. The friend came to me and said, you can't tell anybody. I'm like, stop. Whatever you're going to tell me, I, I'm a mandated reporter as a teacher. I have to get help for your friend. I have to protect her. Right. Don't worry, I won't make you part of this. I'll leave you out of it. And then she told me what was happening. Mm -hmm. And she was worried for her friend. And the reason she came to me was because I told my students, if your friend is afraid, do the right thing and help them. You're not ratting them out. You're saving their life. Yeah. So I went to the principal. Principal went to the police. Police did a sting operation. Found this guy. He was local. That's wow. another kids don't realize. It could be the guy next door. Well, he was local. They arrested him. He went to jail and he hadn't actually done anything to this girl. So we wonder what did they find out about him or his intentions? Uh, we do know he was going to kidnap her. Wow. He's going to get her off the bus. Yeah. And what really creeps me out to this day, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. He found out he was a teacher aide in our school building. He had been stalking her. Whoa. Yeah. And I even remember meeting him once. I thought he was creepy, honestly, <laughs> but I didn't think he was something like that. 
So that's another thing with high schoolers. They have to understand the danger is real. It could be anyone, anywhere. And then the other thing they try to do is lure them out of the house. They should never, ever, ever consider meeting somebody anywhere, even if they say it's a public place. Right. Anybody can be grabbed at a mall or in a parking lot or whatever. Nobody's going to get involved anymore because they think, well, maybe it's a parent and a child having a conflict or something. But the point is they don't realize this is real danger and there is help, but they should not stay silent and they shouldn't try to handle it themselves. Let adults intervene um, because they might be in a little over their head. And then of course, also you have cyberbullying, which making maybe could start in high uh, middle school and then move to high school. A girl the other day, it was in the news, she took her life because she was cyberbullied. Then the kids, the girls who were doing it to her, beat her up in the hallway. Nobody intervened, by the way. That's another issue is that people have to start getting involved with this. Um, they did a video, put it on social media, and that was it. That was the breaking point, and the girl took her life. This is not supposed to happen. It doesn't need to happen. So know that high schoolers are going to be very secretive. They're going to be smart about how to get, like, I don't know how many parents know. You can get what's called a burner email, which means you use it just for other things. It's not your primary email. It's secret. Nobody knows you even have it, but you can use it for almost anything. So parents would have to even start thinking about, well, how do I figure out if they've got a burner email? Because the kids have figured it out. Right. So, you know, and then and then you have the issue of the upper high school kids where they're going to be for the first time in their lives once they go to college on their own. Nobody's going to be watching or restricting them. Are we sending them into that situation with the knowledge of how to stay safe or are they going to get in trouble as college students, which they do as well? So well, not only that, going on. yeah, but not only the knowledge, but the values, have you talked with your child? Have you set up your values, your family values? Have you done things to help them be confident? So hopefully that draw and stuff isn't there as much as well. So, I mean, there's, you know, two sides to this, the knowledge, but then also the values and the self-worth and the different things that we need to help kids discover and learn and, and internalize so they can handle those situations. And so that they start mm-hmm. stepping up and doing the defending because right, right right now that that concept is under attack in America as well. There's a lot of district attorneys who are going after people who defend themselves while letting people who are committing the crimes go. So those videos are out there. These kids are watching that the criminals are getting away with everything and the people who are trying to protect themselves or protect other people are getting hurt. So that that message is being broadcast out there to our families and to our children as well. So it's not yeah. it's you know it's not just the predators, it's the messaging that is being broadcast right now that's just so detrimental to our families to yeah. our continuing society which is part of our mission you know as well with vibrant family is to help those families be a strong cohesive unit have those conversations to have these talks keep their children safe and set up those boundaries because if they're they able they to grow. communicate with their parents then yeah. they won't necessarily need to find that communication Outside. that that connection yeah. somewhere else so so bringing the family back together mm-hmm. through communication through yeah. education will also in a way help prevent a lot of these issues because there won't be that well there'll be there'll be more open communication hopefully right that's essential and and even in the program is i want the parents to be involved unfortunately when i taught it it was just i taught it to the students 
But I realized after I was out of that environment, it has to be the teachers have to be trained and they have to support this and keep an eye on what the kids are doing in school because the kids know ways around even the school networks. Parents think they're safe when they're at school. There are holes in the network. Trust me. (laughs) I saw it. Um, And then the parents have to know enough. Right. And it's got to be like, it's going to take a village on this one. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to realize that we gave over control. I mean, it was out of our hands anyway. Once COVID hit and the kids had such access to the internet, it became a surrogate parent. That's where they're learning many of their values. And that's what I'm hearing from parents is that my kid is out of control. They, they're different than they were a couple of years ago. Because yep. it has changed, that experience changed them. But they're also learning what they see yep. on the internet with the influencers and all these crazy things that are out there saying, this is who you are. This is what you think you should be, or we think you should be. Right. And that's why the parents have to be a a stronger influence and override what the internet is telling them reality is because the internet is fantasy. Yes. Yeah. So one thing I, I really want parents to take away from this is please start young, set those boundaries, help your children grow into it instead of just giving it to them and letting them go wild. If your child is already into it, let's try to take a small step back and say, for your protection, for your safety, for the safety of our family, let's put these boundaries in place. And if you need to change it, let's talk about it and see if it's an appropriate change at this time. So, you know, there's things that parents can do and hopefully they're picking up these messages as we're talking about it. No, no, hold on. Yeah. So um, I'm also uh, an addiction and psychedelic coach as well. So um, just going to say something about part of part of addiction recovery is to grow your life and to find a purpose and to build your life so much so that the thing that you're drawn into as that addiction goes away. So maybe, maybe don't take the phone away, but start playing with your kids, take them to the park, grow your life with the kid, communicate with them, start taking them to sports, start taking them to music, be in their life and replace that phone with you and your family and your family's values. Right. You have to restore the balance that we once had where kids were doing a little bit of everything. They were in school activities. They were in sports. They did community service, whatever it might be. The balance has tilted. Right. And there are some kids who do nothing but stay on their phone before, during and after school. And that's where you can control a little bit the, the screen time or just, you know, make negotiate and say, OK, well, I want you to play a sport or I want you to play uh, in the band or whatever it might be. Dancers. I want you to spend time with your friends, physical time with your friends, not this. Right. And, you know, it's, and just say, this is for you because how are you going to know what you want to do as an adult or when you go to college? So many kids, I think, are going to college, honestly, and not knowing what to major in because they just haven't had enough world experiences or real life experiences and tried different things. So they don't know what they are interested in. And therefore, they get a degree, it's worthless. And now they're living in mom and dad's basement again. Yes. So it's, it's about letting kids experiment in a positive way. Like you said, get them to as many things as you can, just not overbooking them, but it, it, they shouldn't be spending more time on their devices than anything else they're doing. And they should be spending more time with real people 
as opposed to cyber people. And that that's has to be negotiated, I guess. And again, that's what we're doing at Vibrant Family Education is we're trying to teach that education at home model, not not homeschooling, but education at home where you are learning the communication, you're learning how to learn, you're learning how to grow yeah. instead of being taught facts, instead of being left on your own. And so, you know, a, as you grow as a family, then a lot of these these issues will fall away because you'll find that within yourself instead of having to, to grab that device to find it. So and currently right now, if you're listening to this, it is June of 2023 summertime. Right. And so a lot of parents are thinking, how do I get my children off of those devices? How do I get them out there doing those things, enjoying the sunshine, doing the activities, et cetera. And one of the things that I've talked to and heard other people talk about as well is to set up a routine around that device. Before you can have your device in the morning, you have to do A, B, and C. And then you have to, you know, take a break from it. And then in the afternoon, again, before you get your device back, you have to do A, B, and C. And hopefully those are things like read a good book go play outside, go play a game with your brother or sister, go take a bike ride, you know, do those things that sometimes they get so engrossed in those other things that they actually forget about the device. And again, they're getting those real life, real world experiences. So if you're having trouble getting your child off the device, try that. And, and you know, there's great stuff. In fact, on my Facebook page, I send out tips and links and different things. A wow. lot of what I send is not just online safety. Well, well, that's obviously very important is here's the positive side of the internet. You can go on and there's a thing where you can take a thing, a quiz and find out what hobby you would love to do. And then it gives you resources, how you can do that hobby. There's wow. so much good on the internet resources, but a lot of times I'll just Google uh, summertime non-computer activities or non-internet activities. And there's some wonderful ideas for parents of things that they can do or their children can do through the summer or even when you're on a winter break or whatever, when they're in the house, you know what they're going to do if you don't find out an alternative. There's a lot of good things on the internet of activities and ideas for how to get your kids engaged in something else. But you're right, they need the structure and they need the expectations of this. You have to earn the right and the time on your device. And if you do it early enough, It'll work. They'll understand it. Speaking of the positives, one yeah. time when we went to Victoria, British Columbia, we looked at what to do and there was this app. It was like a walking tour of BC. It was almost like a, a treasure hunt. Virtual so, tours. Google so, it. So this is something that you can also do. If you're going somewhere that you haven't been with your children, you can bring up a virtual tour or you could even do that in your own neighborhood and mm -hmm. go find new interesting things mm -hmm. in your town yeah so right. go find a new park go find this interesting thing over there so there are cool things that you can do yeah. again I, use it as a tool instead of as an escape as escape. an entertainment yeah, yeah exactly. i was just laughing and smiling so big because i remember that day and we had so much fun but we ended up walking like 10 miles, right? How many people are actually out for hours and hours and walking right. 10 miles? But it didn't seem like 10 miles until we got to the end. It's like, wow, I'm a little bit sore. I'm a little bit tired. But wow, we had a lot of fun. It's like, oh, whoa, we were gone all day. And it was like 10 miles. So mm -hmm. it's amazing what can happen. Mm -hmm. And kids do want to do things like that. They do. And they want to spend time with their parents. Yep. And, and have fun doing it or do something they've never done, a zoo or this or that. There's so much out there. And that is the good side of 
what you can find on the internet. And there's a lot of also parenting groups that I would highly recommend on Facebook where they're sharing not only the bad side and uh, problem solving issues that come up, but also sharing what's a good resource or what's a good device because they've tried it already. I mean, if you go to buy something, they're all gonna seem like they're wonderful, but these are people who've actually tested them. So I highly recommend you look for parent groups as well on something like Facebook or there's all different kinds of sites where you can get, get into things like that, where people recommend things based on their real experience. Um, and all of a sudden, it'll be, uh, I, that's what I get a lot of times with my Facebook group is wow. people will see what I posted and they'll say, I didn't know that. That is so great. I didn't, like they have virtual cameras all over the world. Mm -hmm. And you can watch what's going on live yeah. in, in natural environments, in the cities, whatever. But it, it awakens their minds to, and what I also recommend is like, if you're watching a tropical fish thing and say, okay, how many co different colors did you see? Well, what do you think those fish are called? Which fish do you use? It's almost like the, the uh, license plate game with cars. Like right. how many license plates can you You can do this with things that are on the internet and it stimulate their minds and get them thinking about bigger you know, questions. Yeah. So, I mean, and unfortunately it's up to the parents now. And that's something I discovered about online safety is it's almost like every parent has to be a homeschool parent when it comes to this issue because schools are not teaching it. That's why I got back in the game and decided to do the online version because I wanted to get the message out and information to people. But for some reason, schools aren't taking ownership in this. They don't think it's their responsibility. Well, they're the ones who put the kids online and demanded that they use online resources. When I was in the school system, right. I tried for 10 years to get my staff and my principal to come on board. It's like, these kids need safety lessons on the computer every single year, age appropriate, this step, this step, this step. And they wouldn't do it. And I just was so frustrated. And the kids who came out of my classroom, because that was part of my passion is keeping them safe. They knew they didn't share their passwords with strangers, right? They knew that they had to ask permission before they went on the line online without their adults around. They knew they had to ask permission before they clicked on a button that they didn't realize where it would go. And I was second grade. And that was the super important stuff that they should have had reinforced every single year. And right. so out of the box, in she's in the box, I'm out of the box. So we go into conspiracy theories about how America and our society is kind of at war and a whole lot of this technology is actually coming from China. And a whole lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now is banned in China and right. they lobby our government to allow our children to watch it. The, the way our education system is going right now, top down, because it's, it's coming from yeah. the colleges, they're teaching the teachers this, the it's teachers tough. now coming up from it yeah. are, are coming up and they're bathed in this propaganda and they don't understand that there is this war and so if you take your device away from a child, they're like, oh, how can you be depriving your children of their social needs and their study needs? And it's like, no, you don't understand. There's so much this, more to life. There, there's so much more to life. And yeah. right now, America is under attack. Our families are under attack. And these phones, these, these devices, we know how bad it is. Facebook yeah. has even come out and said, this is tremendously harmful but it makes us a lot of money. So we're, so we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to addict everybody to this with the, with the things that they do. They admit it and they do it and we continue to yeah. absorb it because that's what it is. So 
all of that is involved in this and it's also at the school level so if you want if you understand that if you if you get that concept then you really need to start pulling your kids out of the school system out of that propaganda system and find and get control of your not get control of your children but get control of your family of your neighborhood education yeah and, the community yeah build so it. yeah and, and one of the units that you i teach which i yeah absolutely because one of the things i teach which i find the hardest to do is fake news yeah because I don't, when somebody says, well, where can I send my child to get facts? Or where can I go to get facts? Mm -hmm. And I say, you know what? I can't think of too many places that don't have an agenda in one direction or the other. Yep. And that never used to be. I was a reporter for the New York Times many years ago when it was really what it should have been. And our job was to just get the facts, put yep. it into a coherent format so people could understand the story and then make their own decision about what they believed. Now it's a weapon yeah. for right. social and are irrelevant and how you feel is so much more important than what the facts actually are. And this exactly. is the this is the weird propaganda destruction of America that I'm talking about, yeah. that we've stopped caring about the truth. Or even if you say that you're now like in this canceled. weird group <laughs> canceled and yeah. it's, it's considered um well, I don't even want to say it necessarily on this on this podcast, yeah. but but no, we're demonized as as being as is even if you can you're you're racist if you think that the truth is important, you know, and then that's just absolutely crazy. And they're taking everything out of the parents' hands in schools, mm -hmm. so that doesn't leave parents many choices except to do it themselves, which is extremely difficult for a lot of different reasons. But even if you can just get to certain things, like you said, the values, right? Everything comes down to who is that child going to be when you're not looking over their shoulder, you're not controlling them. What decisions are they going to make? It's about decision making, and that is goes back to their core values. And are and you teaching that to your children, or are you delegating that to somebody to else, somebody else yeah. who might not necessarily it. have your family's yeah. best interest? Right. We the minute you don't do it, the internet will do it for you. Exactly. Yeah. And we can bring this back around to the science. I mean, the brain science is out there now about what you were talking about, the dopamine, how people are addicted to these devices. And so we know science-based even, it's not good for us, any of us at any age, if we don't keep it under control. Right. It affects us not only, we know your attention span is like non-existent because you're so used to scrolling so fast and everything. Um, but it also affects us psychologically, emotionally. Everything you can imagine is being dictated and, and adapted. It's like we have something like silly putty in there and somebody's getting their fingers in it and they're changing the shapes. And that is incredibly dangerous because it's people we don't even know or people who have a very strong agenda and that's their purpose. They're gonna push that agenda. It's not about what's right for the child. It's not about what's true. It's just, what can I convince somebody to do or how to behave? And yeah. then on the other side, there are things like this, where there's really good information, mm -hmm. where if you find people who actually understand that programming, you can start finding the programming to program yourself in a positive way. I actually help people do that through mm -hmm. coaching and through breathing videos. So, yeah. you know, it's not just the negative programming that's out there. 
but you have to really do your due diligence and find, find people because if you just if you just go out there you can be led into so many different directions yeah. so yeah. there's no easy way there's no shortcut it's going to take effort but i would put forth any parent and they they love their children you there's nothing you wouldn't do if you felt your child was in serious danger or wasn't well right we we absolutely have the instinct to do that we're kind of looking the other way when it comes to the morals the values the the online safety and saying either somebody else is going to do it or it's not going to happen to my child we make up all these excuses i'm too tired i'm too busy well if your child was no, in danger you will find the time right yeah yeah exactly so parents it's your choice let's make those choices for our kids to be safe to have a moral compass, a moral guide, to make sure that they have the confidence in some, themselves to make really good decisions because you've modeled it, you've talked about it, you've done it with them. All of those things that really help the kids be where they need to be and learn what they need to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, this has been amazing and awesome. And I knew you would bring the fire. I knew we could have, yeah, have this really good discussion. Very passionate about it. I know, right? And I'm just really hoping that the parents have heard a lot of those little tips and tricks along the way, the duck, duck, go, the routines and scheduling, the expectations, the safety talks that will help we bring their children in and say, oh, you're not just being mean to me. You're not just taking right. my, my everything away from me. You really do care about me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So is there something that we missed today? Is there something that you would have liked to have talked about? A tip, uh, something that you would like to send our parents away with that we that we didn't cover today? Well, something that has recently become a real concern for me because I've been going on Facebook groups to monitor what are parents saying? Because there's some groups just for like parents and technology. And what are they saying? And I'm seeing horrific stories. You know, and the four words I don't ever want to see in the first part of a post is I just found out because oh. that's what I'm seeing. A lot of parents thought they had put everything in place. They did their due diligence and found out like a, a woman just found out her 13 year old daughter has been watching pornography for months on her device. And had, she had no idea because wow. she had put everything in. She thought she could. So what I want to say to parents is trust, but verify. Check the devices but also stop beating yourself up. I have seen people torture themselves on these posts saying, I'm a bad mom. I failed my child. I can't believe I let this happen. There are gonna be things you can't control, but if you, know, you do the best you can, but it's not your fault. This is like a tsunami. It is overwhelming what we're being asked to take on now with everything else in our lives, this too now. I mean, the answer is ultimately it should be taught in schools and I'm working on trying to make that happen. But as you said, it's a tough sell uh, for whatever reason. So we can do the best we can, but cut yourself some slack. If you did nothing, then you just say, look, I gotta, I gotta get on this. I gotta do better. Or what else more, what more can I do? But if you tried, don't punish yourself and think there was something else you could have done. These kids are so smart and the internet bad guys are even smarter and they will find a way for a child to get around you know, everything you tried to do, but be vigilant, look for support, go to these parent groups or you know, anybody who can help you. Um, I have a, a Facebook page, Online Safety Success, and every day I put something that I hope will help people. Come and stop by and look 
at what's out there because every piece of knowledge you get can make a difference. Right. And just one little thing can make a difference to you, your child. And don't let's not forget the seniors because the parents of the generation who have to take care of them as well, and they don't have a clue. It's not their fault and they're scared of it and they need a lot of support because they are victims on a level we can't even imagine. I believe the figure I heard was that last year, $3 billion was taken from seniors online. Wow. Right. They need our help. And, and maybe even you can help your child. Computers and get them working every once in a while because they don't know how suddenly all of this stuff is yeah. all over their computer and their computer doesn't work. So they have, they're clueless. Yeah. And maybe you can even empower your child and say, come on, I'm going to help grandma and grandpa. Yeah. I want you to teach them, show them what it is to open an email or, and then they're suddenly going to feel like, wow, I'm an expert. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. And they can help them. And I think that might make them feel good as well. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll see it's important. You're doing for them what you would now like them to now do. Help your siblings, help your friends, help your grandparents. And, and, and it becomes suddenly this wonderful community of people all working to keep everybody safe. I and, love it. And again, it's not, just this generation, if you think back to when you were 10, 12, 15, 16, what did you get over on your parents? Of okay. Course. I got a lot of stuff over on my parents. There was times <laughs> where I, it out. they didn't see me for hours. So, you know, your, your kids are, are products of you. So if you got it over on your parents, it's not like, oh, hey, I figured out all the loopholes and I'm going to close those for my kids. No. They're they're just there's as new loopholes. There's new loopholes mm-hmm. so, and worse ones. And it's not used to do it. It's not, oh, I did a bad job. It's that kids are kids and they're going to mm-hmm. explore and get in trouble because yeah. that's the best time to do it, is when there well, are less consequences. Make the mistakes so. young when hopefully the consequences aren't super serious, so that when they are out on their own, they have more of it. Right. You right. can you can you know, be a little down on yourself to do better. But again, these kids are are going to yeah. drive you absolutely bonkers because that's what kids are great at. So <laughs> I always like to leave our parents with your contact information. What do you have available to help them out? Of course, everything will be in the show notes too, but give them verbally, how can they get to you and get information and find out more from you? Well, if you want to email me, because I'll answer any question. There is no dumb question uh, or no unimportant question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Luciano Media at gmail.com. You can also go to my Facebook page, onlinesafetysuccess.com on Facebook, and you can message me there. You can post something, you know, when I post something and, and we can go back and forth or whatever, or we can do a private message because I know some stuff, stuff is uh, sensitive. Right. Um, and I have a website that talks about my programs and, and in general, this whole topic, which is online safety success.org. So yeah. any of those would be a way, if you Google my name, you'd probably see some of these things come up, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Emails, posts, anything that I can do to help, especially if it's something like you need an answer as fast as possible. I'll do the best I can to give you the best advice of how to handle it. Cause even things like you find out your child's in trouble. Now, what do you do? Right. They were scammed. They were this, were they, they were, there are some things you should do immediately that, you know, I'd be happy to share with you just to get the ball rolling and to get them out of the situation or do the best you can. Sometimes you need the authorities. Sometimes you don't, whatever it is, but I am 
open to being a resource for anybody for any reason who has to deal with this issue. And it's pretty much all of us now. And don't forget, as an adult, you too have questions. I'll answer any questions you have. Excellent. Awesome. You are so amazing. Thank you so very much. And again, your passion comes through and the knowledge that you have is amazing. And like I said, I really hope parents will go back and listen and write down two or three of these things that we've talked about and tips and just move forward. You know, take that first step, take that next Everything step. Everything counts. Yep, it does. Wonderful. All right, audience and guests, thank you for spending your time with us. We really appreciate you joining us and listening to our podcast every single week. Uh, we continue to work hard to bring you guests that will give you information to help your family grow and finally to help our kids be happy, healthy, and successful in the future. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, audience. We have had a great day and we will see everybody next time. Thank you. Bye for now.